geeks of the world, and welcome to another Geeks Crossing Podcast. I'm Eric, your host, giving you all the best geek-related content you could ask for. And today, I'm joined with... Hi! Me again, Gabriel, one of Eric's good friends. I've been around for a small number of podcasts. This current topic is, is one that I'm really anticipating to get into, because it's one that I can actually contribute more than just one or two words on. Hi there, everybody. How you doing? My name is AJ Theosini. I am a 3D modeling and texture artist. I am also a digital teacher as well. I just got back into my career. Fun things I like doing on my free time, besides doing artwork, obviously, is working out, boxing, and playing video games. One of them is indeed Super Smash Brothers, which a lot of people have gotten, at least I know, some people in my group and in my inner circle who've gotten sick over it over the years. I can never get sick of Super Smash Brothers. I would not say I'm sick of it, more so that I can't play it as frequently as I used to, but it is still a game I can very much get back into and enjoy a lot. It's still a really good game. I'm somewhere in the middle. Like, yeah, I'll still play it competitively and for fun. Bad times, it's like, okay, without friends to play with, what is there to do besides single-player content? Yeah, that is where I'm at. Where it's like, playing Smash is a lot more fun with friends. Playing it on my own has kind of gotten stale, and not as enjoyable as playing it with, like, people around me. Granted, there is online matches, but I'm getting tired of getting obliterated by people who play this game 24-7. Oh, playing online against randoms? That isn't as bad for me, but uh, usually these days, I always at least, like, have one other friend of mine with me if we do that. Because I just don't really have much fun playing against randoms on my own anymore. But anyway... We're all big fans of Smash Bros. one way or another, but which Smash Bros. game is the best? I think the best way we can solve that is by doing a good old-fashioned geek debate. And for those of you who don't know, a geek debate is a segment we do on the podcast where we pick a topic in geek culture and debate on it. Hence the title. If we're going to talk about best Smash game, most people will probably tell you Melee. Most people. Okay, I say best very loosely. It's more like, what do you think is our favorite and what's our least favorite of the Smash games? Well, out of all the Super Smash Bros. games, the only video game that I have the least amount of hours in is the very first Super Smash Bros., so I can't necessarily comment on that. It's a fun game, and it served a purpose for its time. And then each game, I figured it served a particular purpose for the needs of either the fan base or the needs of building upon the mechanics and the overall design aspect of the video game. Yeah, Smash? Game design-wise, it was very primitive in 64. I think Smash didn't start gaining its true identity until Melee. I think Melee introduced a lot of what makes Smash what it became now. If I had to pick a favorite, the games that I've spent the most time in would be Melee, 3DS and Wii U, and Ultimate. I've spent more time with Brawl than 64, I think. Uh, so, just like AJ, I've spent the least amount of time with 64. Of the games that I have extensive playtime in, I'm split between Melee and Ultimate. Well, you guys know me. Obviously, I'm going to say Melee is my favorite. That game defined my childhood. Like, it was simple, it was fast-paced, it's still played in tournaments today, and I have such a deep emotional attachment to it that I can never get tired of Melee. But I will say, Smash Ultimate is a fantastic game, but I love it for what it is by combining all the aspects from every Smash game so far. But the amount of fan service that we have now come to, it's ridiculous. If I may. Also, to answer the previous question and to be as simple as possible, my favorite Smash game of all time is Ultimate. Hands down, in my opinion, the best Smash game. Mm -hmm. Least favorite, we'll get into that later. But I think that the majority of the fan base is 
unpleased at all the delivery that we got. It is a very, very unthankful community. And from somebody who is also a part of the wrestling community, WWE, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, a lot of wrestling fans are the same way. It's like you can give, you can give, and you can give it your all. And there's so much. There's a level of crafting your art that I feel like some of the fans don't appreciate. And that could be to a number of reasons. That could be due to personal psychological stuff, maybe not understanding the craft and not taking the time to really appreciate what went into the game a lot of smash fans can be very unthankful now i'm not saying that for every smash fan you know us included and i know a few people i've asked them like hey what do you think about smash and their simple response was for the purpose that it served it's a very well crafted game and that's a general aspect of answer that i got even though they say that they don't like it they appreciate the art that went into it i think when it comes to smash ultimate I believe that game is very heavily carried by its main selling point being all of the Smash characters across the series being included, which makes sense because that basically was the game's main selling point during its uh, promotional process. I mean, hey, it definitely worked. I mean, I probably would have not have been as excited for Ultimate as I was had it not been for Pichu being brought back. But um, outside of the character roster i don't know if ultimate really has that much going for it because the single player content in my opinion is much more lacking compared to something like brawl and melee and even smash 4 to a small extent yeah one of my issues with smash ultimate is the world of light now granted i love it conceptually and they did say that oh story doesn't matter but 30 plus hours of doing nothing but finding trophies or sorry, fighting spirits, and just I... what, five minutes of cutscenes? I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this again. The game has been out for nearly, I think, three to four years, and I still haven't finished World of Light. You're really not missing much, I hate to say it. I, I mean, I will also... say, the final battle against Galeem and Darkon, it is very epic, especially when you have that choice on who you want to be first, but World of Light wasn't exactly my cup of tea. My problem with the World of Light is, yes... The maps were big and like the cutscenes were great, but where's the character? Story should have been the foundation of the Bold of Light. And we could go on and on about like, oh, it should have been this, it should have been this. We sound like Dolph Ziggler from WWE. It should have been me! <laughs> but nonetheless, I think what would have made the world of light better is if we had the new characters that we got, they should have been main villains that we should have fought. We should have fought Ridley. We should have fought Bowser, all the Koopalings. We should have fought King K. Rule. And if we're including DLC, we should have had an extension of World of Light where after you beat Galeem, the cutscene where Sephiroth comes into Smash plays and you fight Sephiroth as the final boss. That would have been pretty neat. I think um, ultimately what my issue is with World of Light is that it kind of tries to set up this epic, grandiose story. But my issue with storytelling in any medium, really, is that you have all of these characters in a setting. With World of Light, it's just, oh, all the characters were engulfed by light or darkness, I forget. And they all became spirits that lost their true selves. But, like, you know, like, these characters didn't really seem to have much of a place in the world, like, in, in the Smash Brothers world, where, like, I would want to care 
about them being turned dark and wanting to save them. I mean, obviously there's just the whole, you know, take these characters as they are from their source material and then maybe kind of like gives a stronger attachment. So like in this case, maybe because of my attachment to Ulamar as a character in the Pikmin series, then I care about him turning dark in the world of Smash Brothers because I know of his character and what he's like in the Pikmin games. I think that's probably what they were going for. But I think that like, not to say blank slates, Galeem kind of just is there in the opening cutscene. You don't really know why that thing is even there in the first place or like what its story is. It kind of just appears there and just decimates everyone within like the first minute. And it's kind of like, okay, this, this giant evil light force is here, but why? There's no attachment to it, you know? If you guys have seen the never-ending story, the main, like, antagonist of the movie is the nothing. It's just an empty void of, like, this force of nature. I kind of see where they were going. They try to take up the idea of a force of nature, and they, they try to label it as a character. But there's something missing with Galeem and the fucking, the dark, dark Darkon. Con. Dark yeah, on Dark Rye, uh, whatever you want to call it. I'm saying it should have been more devastating other than taking control of characters. So, canonically, is Sephiroth stronger than Galeem? Yes. I just had to bring that up because you mentioned it earlier how Sephiroth just eviscerated Galeem like it was nothing. Canonically, Sephiroth is the strongest villain on the roster. A couple friends that I know actually made a tier list of all the Smash Brothers characters in their retrospective universe lore. Pour one out for my boy Olimar, who's like all the way at the bottom because he has literally no fighting prowess. Nobody cares about Olimar. <laughs> Except me! <laughs> JK. Uh, but yeah, overall, because I'm still emotionally attached to Melee, I have to put it as my number one Smash game. In my case, I would say that between Melee and Ultimate, I would have to pick Ultimate. Well, speaking personally for a second, Ultimate is the one game where pretty much all of my favorite characters are together in the same space, being um, Pichu, Olimar, and Alf, Yoshi, Luigi, and content from uh, the Pikmin series, the Luigi's Mansion series, the Yoshi series. All of those are woven together in this one game. And um, stuff like, you know, stages new music remixes, and all of that. Obviously, it was still a great game, but um, I was very into it only because of Pichu. With Pichu being back in Ultimate, and then having just way more in Ultimate compared to Melee, it's really cool to see. What I love about Smash Brothers is the way that characters are carried in each game by game, and whether they scale up or scale down, it builds a unique story to them. And I think, unbiasedness aside, I think Pichu has one of the most compelling comeback stories in Smash Brothers history. If we go to Melee, now I'm not saying that tears can make or break a character. Obviously not. At the end of the day, it comes down to how a player plays a character. But Pichu, in all retrospect, was not a great character. Not in terms of like, oh, he was a bad pick. Mechanically, he was at a major disadvantage compared to everybody else in the roster. Yes, he has super strong attacks, but he damages himself, but he damaged himself way too fucking much. In addition to that, you had characters that were just way too fast for Pichu. And then over the years, the game started getting more slower and slower and slower. In Brawlin, the Wii U title, Pichu's nowhere to be found. And we all thought like, okay, Pichu's not coming back. He's done for. Now, then we get to Ultimate. 
It's slightly faster than Wii U. It's definitely more faster than Brawl, but not at the same speed as Melee in terms of frame data, in terms of character animation. It's it's still missing it by like just a little inch. Then they start bringing characters back, and lo and behold, Pichu comes back. They kept his speed from Melee. They kept the damage output. They kept the mechanic where he damages himself with his electrical attacks. You know what they change with Pichu? His knockback. Yeah, I've noticed that whenever I played as Pichu. And look at Pichu now. He's in the top 10 of almost every Smash Brothers tier list. In my opinion, the way I think on it, being, well, a Pichu player myself, because Pichu's my main in Melee and Ultimate, I think Pichu in Melee, from a design standpoint, yes, is at a very severe disadvantage. If only because of Pichu being the lightest character in the game, both in Melee and Ultimate. But in Melee, it's worse. Because Pichu's weight is worse in Melee compared to Ultimate. So it takes less effort to kill Pichu in Melee. And with the fact that Pichu's self-damage is actually, again, worse in Melee, because certain moves will deal upwards to like 2%, Pichu's upbeat alone, if you use both warps, will deal 4% to itself. Which canonically in Pokemon, that doesn't make sense because agility is a psychic, yeah. not type ability. I think the problem with Pichu's design in Melee is that Pichu's design in Melee was not derived from the Pokemon games. It was derived from the Pokemon anime. Because in the Pokemon anime, Pichu are um, shown to be very inept at controlling electrical power. And they will knock themselves out by trying to use too much of it. So I think that's what they were trying to go for with Pichu's inclusion in Melee. And then we go to Ultimate. Again, it's very much that strong anime influence. But Pichu's overall character design in Ultimate, compared to Melee, was taken much more seriously, I believe. That's not to say that I don't think they were taking Pichu seriously in Melee. But in Ultimate, they definitely considered the fact that Pichu's disadvantages had to be toned down in order for Pichu to keep up much better with the roster, especially since it was bigger now. And I think the way it was handled was really well, where Pichu's physical attack are weaker than its electrical attacks, which encourages players to use his electrical attacks, but at the same time, since they damage Pichu, you have to make sure that you're using the proper balance between using physical attacks to build up damage and then using electrical attacks more as like kill options instead of just throwing them out whenever you want just for like desperate damage. But also, correct me if I'm wrong, you can risk doing electrical attacks early because some electrical attacks are multi-hit and they yes. can combo into them. Yeah. So that's kind of like, instead of it having straightforward of like kill with electrical attacks and only build up damage with regular attacks, you can build up with electrical attacks too, because a lot of them are multi-hit and combo into themselves. Mm -hmm. But it's just a matter of making sure that you're hitting the movements at the right time. Basically, so with Pichu, every whiffed attack counts against you. With other characters, whiffing attacks may not be that bad. But with Pichu... It is a problem, because if you're whiffing too many electrical moves, that is damage built up on you. That obviously goes for advantages on your opponent, because you're hurting yourself, and that's giving them an edge against you. So it's very important that if you're using the electrical attacks with Pichu, you have to make sure that they're landing. Because if they're not, then you're landing yourself in trouble. If there's anything that I learned about how to play Pichu correctly from you, Gabe, it's about maneuverability. Yeah. Pichu is very small. He can dodge hitboxes really fucking easily, just like Kirby. And if you know how to maneuver around people, you're going to have an easier time fighting them. Battling giant characters with Pichu, such as Bowser or Ganondorf or Donkey Kong or Ridley, those characters are stronger than Pichu, yes. But what they don't have is Pichu's small body 
and ability to just weave in and out of danger, being really quick and having strong combos. Yes. I do know one heavyweight in particular that can keep up with Pichu. Oh my god, I think I I know who it is. Happens to be another Pokemon, right? Yes, indeed. So, for those who don't know, I flip-flopped with many mains in many Smash Brothers games, but until the end of time, my number one main in Smash Ultimate will always and forever will be Incineroar. I fucking knew it. Incineroar primarily is a very slow adjusted grappler. He is very grounded, but I think what people don't underestimate about him is that just because he is a grounded type character, that doesn't mean he's limited. He is proof that you can be a grounded character and still have ways of getting around opponents and having some sort of movability by giving him a neutral that is tangible and also really good at getting people off of you, a side B grapple that could either launch you in the air at disadvantage state or fucking obliterate you to the other side of the stage. His recovery... It's garbage. I hate to say it, but I love using Incineroar, but it's very situational, if anything. It's very telegraphed, but I have done many ways to get opponents off of me with it, or even to combo into a Meteor Smash. And a lot of that is going to come with knowing when and not to attack. When I see other Incineroar players, though, there's one... Big fucking thing that none of them do. Can you guess the one thing that I see in Cinema players don't do? It's the mechanic that makes his entire moveset. Oh, that! The, um, oh, revenge. The, revenge. the revenge counter thing. I'm assuming a lot of people here know what revenge is about. But in my experience, a lot of people don't use revenge either. Counters are bad, or counters can be very telegraphed. You just wait and bait a counter. Not in Incineroar's case. See... When you're a big character like Incineroar, you have more space to take up. You can purposely launch yourself into an attack. Incineroar, with Revenge specifically, it feels like some of his moves might kill a little bit, either medium to late. And people wonder, like, why would they do that? And I'm like, because you have to kill them with Revenge. The point of Revenge is the ultimate comeback mechanic. It's not a meter that builds up over time, and then you get one and done shot with it, and it's not an ability that activates when you're at a very late percentage in the game, you can activate that comeback literally any time in the moment of the fight. Revenge can be used to either build up damage when you're at disadvantage, or to just get your opponent right the hell out of the map. That mechanic when timed correctly, you can combo into revenge, by the way. If you know, like, you're in the middle of a combo and, a co- and someone can break out of it, you can just revenge and interrupt their combo breaker. And a lot of people forget that. Oh, no, trust me. I do that shit all the time every time I play as a Cinderor. But, yeah, I guess this all correlates to a semi-issue I have with Ultimate, and that is the fan service. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the fact that we got to see everybody, even characters that are cut from previous titles, back in this one, for lack of a better term ultimate game and even characters that we thought we've never seen a smash game like off the top of my head we got to see banjo kazooie we got to see sephiroth we even got to see fucking sora i know i sound very hypocritical because oh i want to see sora and smash more than ever and i know i keep saying this on the podcast smash ultimate is now ultimate fan service i think the fan service itself isn't entirely a bad thing because obviously if you want this game to be oh, no, success... I'm not, I'm not saying it's no, bad. No, no, I, know, I, I know. just feel like they rely on the fan service too much for that game. 
I can see what you're saying because I think a lot of what Ultimate has is very primarily influenced by fan input. And I feel like Smash Ultimate, for lack of a better term, is a game made for the fans. I don't really know how to explain it well, but just the fact that all the characters from past Smash games are in this one game already is a pretty big indicator that, yeah, this is being done for the fans. And having all these new characters come in that have been long-term requests by the community, again, you know, just a thing being done for the fans. That just kind of all comes together to make a game where... I guess you could say a love letter to the Smash Brothers franchise and community, both at once. But the fan service, it was very much kicked into overdrive. And um, although there was never really any character in Smash outside of the four that I already had that I wanted, I was very content with who I had already. And any character that was added afterwards was really just a bonus from my perspective. Ripped any Waluigi fans. <laughs> I still can't get over the fact that they chose the fucking Piranha Plant over <laughs> Waluigi. Yeah. This is what I'm seeing. It's still an unpleasant, unhappy response of Super Smash Brothers fans. Not saying you specifically, but it but what you said, Eric, reminded me of like fans who didn't get to see their favorite character in the game because we started seeing all these other favorite characters. Out of everybody who got announced, I wanted to see Dante get announced as a character. Did I complain that he didn't get announced? Not really. I was disappointed, but at the end of the day, I'm so happy with what we got. Actually, you bring up a good point about you wanting Dante because um, Dante's outfit can be worn by the Me Fighters. And so I think that... Having representation from a franchise that you really enjoy, having representation from a character that you really love at all, is still, I think, just as good as having them as a playable character. Obviously, having them as a playable character is ideal and what you want most, but if they could still be represented by other means, I think that's really good. Because in my case, my most wanted character was Sion Barzad. There is no trace of content from the bouncer in Smash Bros. Ultimate at all. Which is a bummer, but at the same time, I still have Pikmin content. I still have Pichu. I still have content from the Luigi's Mansion series and the Yoshi series. And, you know, with Luigi and Yoshi also being playable characters. And with Olimar and Alf. And then just, you know, all of that. So I have all of this to enjoy. So the lack of content from the Bouncer doesn't bum me out. I would like to see Bouncer content be included if the Smash Brothers series continues. But I'm not counting on it, but it also doesn't ruin the experience for me. I think the issue with the Smash community is that if they don't get what they want, then they let that ruin their experience. But overall, regardless of what we think of the roster or the gameplay or the story mode, I respect you guys for picking Smash Ultimate as your favorite game. But let's talk about our least favorite Smash game because we have been delaying that shit for a while. Oh boy. Would anybody mind if I go first? Sure. Go right ahead. Yes. Smash 64 is very simple, but without that simplicity, we wouldn't have what we have today, Smash 3DS. It's Smash on the go. It's what every Nintendo fan wanted since, I think, Brawl. Which, speaking of which, I hate to say it, but Brawl has to be my least favorite. I will give it credit. It has probably the best story mode out of all the Smash games. No question about that. And it was the first game to introduce third-party reps before future games took that to the extreme. But, oh my god, the physics in that game, it's low as shit. I tried to play it competitively, but I couldn't. My least favorite Smash game. But in no way am I saying Brawl is a shitty game. It's my least preferred Smash game. And that's basically what I'm getting at. 
Like, yeah. if I can rank all the Smash games based on playability, Brawl would definitely be lower than Smash 64. I would say that my least favorite Smash game might end up being Smash 64. Because despite the fact that it obviously laid the groundwork what Smash would become, all of the games after I have enjoyed way more, including Brawl. And I have this weird nostalgic attachment to Smash for 3DS and Wii U. I can't explain it. But being that that game was when I began taking the series a bit more seriously, Smash for 3DS and Wii U was the game where I actually began doing more with uh, trying to like get good at Smash Brothers as a game. And not only that, but I think the biggest reason why I have this weird attachment to Smash for 3DS and Wii U is because... That game kind of ended up paving the way for my friendship with AJ because that was the first game that we played together and it was the game that we bonded over primarily. I lost a lot of times in Smash Brothers Wii U and 3DS to Gabe. A lot. More times than me. Eric, I think we're tied. You might have a couple more ones over me, but it's nowhere near like me and Gabe's record. My record slightly got better when Ultimate came out, and I started giving Gabe run for his money with Incineroar. I wish we had the old recordings of when me and Gabe would play just solely Pichu and Incineroar. In my opinion, they looked like Evo matches. I was about to say, those matches probably would gave Evo players a run for their money. I have at least one recording of us playing Pichu and Incineroar at a local tournament. I have at least one recording of that. But anyway, AJ, your least favorite Smash game? It's a little hard to decide, because I always say that every Smash game serves a purpose, but there's always a downside to it. With Brawl, yes, it's incredibly slow, and it is entirely ruled by three different characters, three of which... Olimar being one of them! One of them, who I mained at one point, was a Mennonite player, because I wanted to say that I was good, even though I wasn't good at video games at all. I just happened to pick the best character by accident, but I probably have to go with Brawl. Because it's, I mean, I, I could sit here and I could say that it's slow. It's not choreographed. It's very stiff. Probably that, to be honest. But I will say this, it is not the most forgotten Smash game. Because people still talk about it to this day. You know, you know what's slowly fading away? The Wii U Smash Brothers. I completely forgot about Smash Wii U. Right? Exactly. But you know what? I'm surprised you. But you know what? I'm happy with this, you guys. We managed to find common grounds. Yeah. AJ and I picked Brawl as our least favorite Smash games. AJ and Gabe both picked Ultimate as their favorite Smash games. So we managed to find equal grounds in some capacity. That's what I love about you guys. We're like-minded in some ways, but we also have some disputes. I don't forgive you for that Pikmin slander, though. (sighs) But anyway, to those who are listening, what is your favorite and least favorite of the Smash games? Let us know on our Discord server and follow us on Instagram, at Geeks Crossing. Continue to support us in all major listening platforms, whether that be Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer. Also, you can't get enough of us geeks. Head over to Twitch and check out E-Man the Legendary, Nuclear Bacons, CryptoLock Games, and of course, Carabyte. And thank you, AJ and Gabe, for joining me on this debate. Eric, permission to advertise myself? Go right ahead. For those of you who want to look at amazing artwork and or looking to hiring for freelance, then you can go ahead and find me on ArtStation, AJ Dialcini, or you can find me on Instagram, AJT underscore 9898. Gabe, do you have a plug? Nope. <laughs> all right, all good. But as always, stay true to your geek selves. See ya, nerds. See you around.